again, this is a journey. We are all constantly working on our own self-love and our self-love journey, you know, like you were saying. And so to tell someone that they have to reach a certain point before anyone can love them is so unfair because you are every single person listening, every single person out there, you are fully capable of being loved right now, right now. Are there things you may want to improve about yourself? Are there things you may want to change and you hope continue to evolve? Of course, but that in no way means that you are now out of the love lottery. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast today is Laura Banky. She's a writer, speaker, coach, creator of the Life Actually Company, and host of the Life Actually podcast. And this episode is so, so good. I cannot wait to dive into this one. There's so much you're going to take from my conversation with Laura. She's a 16-year TV sports anchor and reporter veteran, and she actually left the business in 2017 to pursue her passion for supporting and empowering women in all phases of their lives. Her work really helps women to put aside the idea of what you should be doing and instead embrace your own unique path. As Laura shares, there's the way you thought your life was going to go and then there's your life actually. And so it's this actually piece that holds all of the possibilities once you choose to accept it. So in today's episode, we really dive into how to stop worrying about where you should be in life and instead drop those expectations and start owning your unique timeline and your unique path by embracing the life that you have right now. We talk about why there isn't just one way to live a happy and successful life, the importance of peer mentoring and really surrounding yourself with modern day examples of love and relationship timelines. Laura debunks the myth of if you don't love yourself, no one else can love you. And I freaking love this part of the conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. And we also talk about why you're lovable right now in this moment. Plus, Laura shares her journey navigating expectations and perfectionism, joy in this season of her life, her biggest dream, and so much more. Now more than ever, I just think it's so important that we have reliable resources that we can turn to. And that's where today's sponsor, BetterHelp, comes in. So I would love to share with you a little bit more about BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And it's easy and free to change counselors if you don't think the person you've matched with is a good fit. And no matter where you're listening to Seek the Joy podcast right now, you can also use BetterHelp because the service is available for people worldwide too. I just think it's so valuable to talk to someone about what it is that you're going through, whether that's anxiety, depression, grief, loss, changes at work, or friendship dynamics, or relationships, or you want to talk about the challenges of the last couple of years. And BetterHelp offers a broad range of expertise in their counselor network. So you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too, which I still think is a game changer. 
I really want you to live a happier, more joyful, and just ease-filled life. That's why I share these conversations with you. And so I'm just excited to share that as a listener of Seek the Joy podcast, you will get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash seekthejoy. Join over 1 million people and counting taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash seek the joy. The link will also be included in our show notes. I can't tell you how many times over the years, over the last month, I've had to remind myself that I'm on my own unique timeline and this life, this journey is my own. And of course, it's not going to look like anyone else's because it's not supposed to. And it's hard. It's hard not to compare ourselves to others, to friends, to family, to our parents, to siblings, etc. But I have just found that the less time we spend comparing our timeline and the more time we spend celebrating and honoring who we are and the life and the journey that we're on in this moment, the better. Because we can celebrate our accomplishments and celebrate who we are and what we've overcome and really start to step into the life that we are choosing and creating for ourselves. And that's why I know you're gonna love this episode because every single thing Laura says and talks about in our conversation just resonated with me so deeply. So Laura, thank you so much for this conversation and for coming on the podcast. As always, I can't wait to hear what you think about this one. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. And uh, I think that's it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Laura Banky. It's so funny when I was diving into you, and your work, I just kept having the same thought run through my mind about expectations and how in life we have our own expectations. And then we have expectations that society, our parents, our friends, etc., put on us. And I think a good place maybe to start in this conversation is talking about the expectations that you had for yourself and, and where your journey started. I know you've had this beautiful long road with your career and it's taking to you to this spot, which is probably different than what you expected. So could we start by just talking about your journey and, and then uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, of course. Of course. You know, and expectations are so crazy because we, we hold ourselves so strongly to them Mm -hmm. and we tell ourselves it's normal. And yet, Like you just said, we get all of these messages from so many different areas of our lives, society, family, friends, culture. So all of us are actually chasing expectations that we think are normal that are Mm -hmm. different than everybody else. Like there's no such thing as normal. And yet Mm -hmm. we're so, it's so easy to say, but I'm not doing what I should be doing. It's like, well, but according to whom? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which is definitely something that I battled. And, you know, to some degree, we still battle for sure. This is a constant constant messages that are bombarding us, no matter how comfortable we get with our own unique path. But, um, but yeah, my, my story, I started out in TV. I was a sports anchor and reporter Mm -hmm. for 16 years and thought that, you know, that was my, that was my dream job. That was everything that I wanted to do. And, you know, when I was in it, I loved it. It was hard work. It was, uh, uh, incredibly demanding. I had very little life. Uh, Mm -hmm. You are working a lot. I can imagine. 
Yeah. But what I started to realize is I, and I think this is as you get older and you start to, you know, your priorities start to shift and you start to see things a little bit differently. I was realizing just how much I was putting into this TV Laura persona, this idea that everything had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Not only did my reporting and my anchoring have to be perfect. I mean, I could not make a mistake or I was terrified that I would Mm -hmm. lose all credibility, even though we're human and we all make mistakes and sometimes say the wrong name. It doesn't mean we don't know what we're doing, but those are the things I told myself, but all the way down to how I looked, um, how I sounded, how I acted, but also who I was. You know, I, I had this idea of what I wanted the audience to, to know about me or to think about me. And, and I had to be perfect. I had to be, and what does perfect even mean? I mean, I, I don't think I even knew what that meant. I just, I did not want anything to, you know, any sort of, of weakness or, or really any sort of just actual personality traits yeah. really to yeah. be able to come through. And my biggest thing during that whole time was that I was single and I wasn't just single. I had never been in a relationship. So I was in my mid thirties. At this point, I'm in New York city. I'm working for one of the local stations there, uh, living out a dream of mine, which was to make it to New York and to live in New York. And I, I was happy. I was, my job was going well. My career was going well, but I was single Mm -hmm. and, you know, early thirties, mid thirties, still being single, never having had a relationship. It became something I was so self-conscious of because we are so judged in society by our relationship status. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea that, well, if I've never, if I'm not, not only am I not married and I'm single, but I've never had a relationship. What are people going to think about me? Mm -hmm. And so I, that was my biggest fear was that somehow viewers or even yeah. my coworkers would find out that I had never been in a relationship. And so and I was, I'm sure you felt like it was plastered across your forehead at yes. times. For oh sure. my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And dating in New York city is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, dating in New York city when you're already on TV. And so people, I mean, I would get weird enough emails. Recognizable. As yeah. It was. yeah. Yeah. And I, I was by no means famous in New York city. I remember, I remember the, <laughs> the guy who hired me at my station in New York city was like, don't come here thinking you're going to be famous. Madonna oh. lives here. Okay. She's famous. You're not famous. I was like, okay, got it. Got it. But people still knew who you were, you yeah. know, and um, it was exhausting. It was exhausting trying to keep up this idea of who I wanted people to think I was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I, I eventually met my, my now husband when I was 35 and a half, I always add the half because, you know, as you get older, <laughs> every month feels like every you feel it. Counts. Yep. <laughs> you yeah. feel it. So at 35 and a half, I met my now husband, first relationship I ever had. And uh, I started to feel more comfortable talking about where I had been and what I had experienced with close, you know, with, with friends privately. Yeah. yeah. And I started to realize how many other women could connect with what I'd been through. They didn't have to have the exact same experience, but this idea of, oh, I've been holding myself to this standard, or I've been expecting that it should go like this. And and to really get honest about our journeys and our Mm -hmm. fears and what has not gone according to plan uh, and how that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And there was just some, there was this like magical power that seemed to come with being able to connect with women on a level like that. And I started to realize that, you know what? I, no offense to all of the sports fans out there at all. I loved talking sports with you for 16 years, but I got to the point where I was like, I'm tired of talking about sports with men. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, it doesn't, it doesn't light me up anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I want to connect with women and I want to talk about things that really matter to me. And so I left TV after 16 years, which was terrifying and liberating uh, mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> I was 30 seven, 38 years old. So like I had been working my butt off to get to that point. And then you're like, Oh, I'm no, it's okay. I'm going to go start over. Mm-hmm. And that's a big, like, totally Oh my different. God moment too. Oh, like, uh, yes. talk about moving away from an expectation of how you thought things were going to go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. My, my, in my mind, my career was TV all the way. I was going to make it to a network one day. I was going to mm. be, whether it was a sideline reporter or a national anchor, like uh, that was the goal. And then it was over yeah. and I wanted it to be over. Like I was ready. I, I, and I was so, there was like this huge weight that lifted off my shoulders when I left TV. But at the same time, I didn't really know who I was. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't Laura on TV, who the heck am I? Uh, so it took a few years, <laughs> it took a few years of kind of wading, wading through all of that and trying to really decide what it was that I wanted to do. And um, in 2019, when I was 39, I launched the Life Actually Company. And uh, even then, <laughs> life throws crazy things at you. So you know, we, we launched my company and then had some family situations come up. My father-in-law had been mm-hmm. very, very sick and he ended up passing away just a few days after we launched my company. Mm-hmm. My dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so like, I say all of this because even though I finally launched the company, it was still probably six months later before it actually became something because Mm -hmm. I had to, I, I put it all aside in order to, you know, be with my family because these things happen. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, here we are now, uh, 2021, well, you know, then a pandemic happens in 2020. (laughs) Oh yeah, that thing. That thing. Just a little detail. (laughs) (laughs) Such a beautiful and really interesting story. And thank you for sharing all of that. And and something I kept thinking about as you were talking is, I think we're often trying to balance a few things as women or just as people and humans in general of the expectations we have for ourselves, the expectations others have on us, the things that we really want, which could actually be separate and apart from those expectations, but still be very parallel and line up. And then also this lingering feeling that we are behind. And we're trying to balance all of those balls in the air at the same time, trying to advance relationships and your career and friendships and your own self-care and taking Mm -hmm. care of yourself and your family. And you brought up the situations that you've experienced. And I think this is something that's really hard to sort of uh, differentiate for yourself is the expectations that others have or the expectations that you have, while at the same time thinking about the things that you want. And if you don't have the things that you want that are also the things that you expect, it can really do a number. Like I literally have my hands on my head. It can do a number (laughs) on your self-esteem, on how you view yourself, your self-confidence. And I'm curious, what do you share with women when they share that with you of like, hey, I expected to be in a relationship at 35. And it's something I really want. I want a family and kids, but I don't have it. And it's doing a number on how I feel about myself. I mean, what are some things that you share in your, in your work and, and, and through all the beautiful content that you put out there? Because I think that's something a lot of us deal with is like, I want this thing and I also Mm -hmm. expect it and it's not here. And by the way, that can apply to career too and family and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Oh, there are so many things. I, the, one of my least favorite words in the English language is should. Oh, it's the worst. Telling us ourselves, I should be this. I should be doing that. I should have done this by now. Mm -hmm. And it's such 
like according to whom, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's the hard part because it's really, it's these standards that, that we are setting for ourselves, but that's based on what's happening around us. And, and the biggest thing that I like to say to women right off the bat, when we're talking about this is it is totally normal to feel this way. It mm -hmm. is, it is so, so normal. Everyone feels this way to some extent about something in their lives. And also it's hard. It is really, really hard to want something so badly or to have this idea of how your life should be or where you should be or what you should be doing and to have that not be the reality. Mm -hmm. That's hard. That is hard work. And it is a, it's a lifelong process that we go through of really accepting our own journey. And so, you know, there's no like boot camp that I could put you through. And then tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and be like, oh, all of those worries I had before, they're gone. I am so happy with who I am in my life. And it is perfect. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. and we tell ourselves, though, that we should get to that point. We tell ourselves we're supposed to get to a point where like we're always happy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. And then we beat ourselves up when we're not happy. And then we get back into the, but I don't have this. And I, I'm not this person. And I should be that. And it, it can be such a cycle. And so I think the biggest thing is to acknowledge that we're going through this. Acknowledge that, okay, I do have these ideas of what I think I should be doing, of where I thought I should be, of what should be next for me. I, I have these ideas. And it's okay. It's okay that I'm struggling with this. It's okay that I, I don't love right now, mm -hmm. everything about my story and everything about where I am. That is okay. Um, and we're all doing the best that we can, you know, mm -hmm. we're really all doing the best that we can. And so, you know, the important thing for me when I work with women on things like this is to just Take mm -hmm. some deep breaths. Mm -hmm. um, try to put some, some of what it is that we're really dealing with into perspective. What is it about this should that hasn't happened? That, that, what is it about that that is really affecting me? Mm -hmm. What is the fear that's coming from that not having happened? And then we can start to kind of tackle what that means and what, what it actually looks like in reality. Yeah. You know, because we, we can build these things up. Oh my God, I used to tell myself all the time, I am going to be alone forever. I'm never going to meet anybody. I'm going to be alone forever. And that's heavy. I mean, that so is heavy. a huge statement. Yeah. When what I was really worried about was I'm never going to meet my partner. I'm never going to get married. Does that mean that I'm alone? No, not necessarily. They, mm -hmm. There are other things. There are other ways to focus on it, but to really get specific on what the things are that are scaring us, that, mm -hmm. that we're telling ourselves, the, the story that we're telling ourselves in our head, um, to be able to start to take away maybe some of its power when mm -hmm. we can boil it down a little bit instead of just being this big, overwhelming, I am failing at life feeling, which we mm -hmm. have all had to some extent. Oh, yeah. It is totally normal. Oh, yeah. I, I love what you said that we've got to stop looking at where we feel like we should be and I really think it's about honoring your timeline, knowing that it's okay. But I, I so appreciate what you said about saying like, this sucks right now and just acknowledging it and, and being okay with it. Because too often, you know, when someone says, how are you? And you go, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. And if it's someone that's really close to you, they're going to go, mm, no, really like what's going yeah. on? Like we don't have to make everything beautiful and nice. We can acknowledge that it's hard and challenging and hurtful and disappointing. And I think the minute that we do that, 
We take some of the air out of this big balloon that's created with these stories that we yes. tell ourselves. So saying, I'm going to be alone forever. It's a, that's like you said, it's heavy. It's a big story. And there's, you start to create intricacies of what that's going to look like and how that's going to feel. But the minute that we start voicing that with someone that we trust and care about, and even if it's just voicing those concerns to yourself, it takes some air out of that very heavy balloon. And I love what you said. It's about diving in and figuring out, Hey, what's the real fear here? Like at the bottom, at the end of the day, like, what is it? And for you, it was about oh, I'm not going to find my partner. I'm not going to be married. I'm not, I'm assuming not going to have the family that you wanted. Um, just such beautiful advice about naming it, really looking at it so that you can take some of the pressure off. Yeah. Because I've noticed for myself in my life in general, the moment I take the pressure off, I take some of the stakes out of the game. Yeah. Oh my God, I can relax a little bit and actually feel like I can figure something out as oh, opposed so to feeling like it's so huge. Yeah. So, so true. And there is this, you know, this toxic positivity that we are living mm -hmm. in right now with social media, especially, I mean, social media is already a highlight reel. We mm -hmm. are already being bombarded with everybody's best day ever. Or It's or the best of moment all the yes, time. Constantly, all the time. All constantly. The time. And I mean, I have to take time away from social media too, even though I, you know, I, this is what I talk to women about all the time. I still have moments where I'm like, oh gosh, mm -hmm. my life does not look like that. What is going on? Oh, oh. And then I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> it's time for a break. Yeah. Uh, stop scrolling, get off. Um, but you know, this idea too, that like, we always have to be okay. Just think positive. Mm -hmm. Just be positive. I hate and it. And then good <laughs> things will come to you. And you know, it goes into... I am not the biggest manifestation fan. I know it works for some people. I know that, that it is, it is like just the Bible to so many people. Awesome. If it, if it suits you, perfect. Great. Do it. That's the other thing. We all have to do what works for us. Mm -hmm. um, but this idea of, you know, manifestation and just thinking positive and calling everything into your life when it doesn't happen, you end up feeling like a failure. Like, okay, I did something wrong. And to mess instead, it yes, yeah. exactly. It's like, well, you just weren't trying hard enough. Okay. Well, mm. sometimes things just happen. Mm -hmm. um, but this idea that we have to live in this world of constant positive thinking, uh, we don't want to live in a world of constant negative thinking, obviously that's, no. that's not a good place to live, but we have to be able to allow ourselves to process the fact mm -hmm that we do have negative feelings sometimes, that we don't always feel great, that, that it's okay to have a bad day. And, and to know that in order to get back to positives and get back to the good stuff, we have to be able to acknowledge how we're actually feeling. And there has yeah. to be space for that. Yeah. And a lot of the gems, like the wisdom, the things that we learn are in that space when you provide yourself the opportunity to process. Yes. When you're so focused on maintaining, I think, a level of positivity, which I'm all here for. This is Seek the Joy podcast, but yes. <laughs> I'm all about, you know, but I'm all about holding that space for joy and hardship and difficulty at the same time. And I think that's what's the most important because if you are so hard on yourself and you're constantly trying to seek out the the positive reframing of something, you're not allowing yourself the opportunity to sit in the more difficult emotions that we often classify as anger, disappointment, sadness, frustration. Um, and there's a lot of gems and wisdom that come from allowing yourself mm -hmm. to really sit in that space. So I really yeah. appreciate what you just said. Well, and it's how we really appreciate the joy 
Mm-hmm, you know, exactly. you, 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 if you're always telling yourself you're happy, then the times when you are really finding joy, do you even know that that's mm-hmm. what brings you joy? Because you're constantly telling yourself, we need I have to be joyful. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. need the contrast in those moments. There, there's something that you mentioned earlier that really struck me, which is that society judges us so much and honestly, so harshly by our relationship status. And it's this idea that if you're single, it says something about you. If you're a certain age and you've never been in a relationship, it says something about you. I can't tell you how many podcasts I've listened to where they say like, well, is it a red flag or a deal breaker if somebody is in their thirties and they've never been in a serious relationship? What does that say about them? Whether, whether they're, you know, no matter if they're male, female, how they Mm -hmm. classify their gender. And I think as a society, we really buy into that. Like if you've never been, if you haven't hit that uh, road mark, you know, mark in the road, certain relationship status by a certain age, Ooh, there's something wrong. Like this person's got something, something wrong with them. And I would love to talk a little bit about that because I think that pressure really impacts the way we view ourselves. And this element, I think of feeling confident, uh, it impacts your mental health. Um, And so I'm curious, how, I don't know if this is the actual question I want to ask, but this is the first thing that's kind of coming to mind is like, how can we sort of move past that or help others in our lives sort of move past that? Because it, sorry, I'm having like a light bulb. It also goes back to what you were talking about earlier about earlier about how you wanted to be this perfect Laura yeah. and sh- share this uh, very uh, crafted image of yourself when you were a TV, you know, sports reporter and um, perfectionism, Oh my God, that's a whole other lane to go down. But let's start with this one about, you know, someone's relationship status. Like how do we start to move past that or feeling like it's just like something's inherently wrong? Yeah, it's hard. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, everything you just said. We are a society that rewards being a couple. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you are in a happy relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a healthy relationship. It doesn't matter if you are on your third marriage and not that there's anything wrong with that, but in that we place higher than a person who is single, Mm -hmm. especially a person who has always been single and you get to a certain age and it is so unfair and it is a huge hill that we have to climb to get yeah. to a point where we can move past that. Um, and unfortunately, there is very little that we can do to change ourselves. Like every, you know, what little steps can we do every day? There are very few to change society right now, like <laughs> as a whole. These, these God, don't you just wish time. there was like a toolbox and we could yes. all da- tap, like reach in and grab a tool? I mean, that would be the best, oh but you're gosh. right. We yes. can't. We cannot. And so, I mean, this is a societal change that we need to happen, which is going to take time. So in the meantime, it has to come down to how we treat ourselves Mm -hmm. and how we view ourselves. And, you know, to be a happy and content and successful and thriving single person, Mm -hmm. just the act of doing that and of, uh, of just living our lives and not being in, you know, in a puddle constantly. And whenever anybody asks us if they were in a relationship, trying to feel like we have to explain why we're not, mm-hmm. um, that is a little act of defiance <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of finding reasons to love the life that you have. And so these are little acts that hopefully will slowly begin to change the narrative so that the, the, the questions that people, the inappropriate questions and comments that people make 
mm-hmm. can start to go away. And again, this takes time, but how, I guess the more important thing is we cannot change everybody. We cannot change, we can't even change the people necessarily who are closest to us, who might be the ones asking these really annoying questions. Um, <laughs> but we can find ways to be happy with the life that we currently have. And for all of the people, all of the single women out there who are listening to this, I also wanna make it clear too, there aren't, there is no black and white between, I either get to be a happy, thriving single person, or I want to be in a relationship. Like the two are not mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. You can be very happy and thriving as a single person. And yet, what you really hope happens one day and you want to happen one day is to be in a relationship. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. And I truly believe that if that is what is, is in your heart and what you are looking for, that it is going to happen. You will find that person. I just can't tell you when. Mm-mm. I just can't tell you how, and I can't tell you what it's going to look like. So in the meantime, how do we allow ourselves some joy? How mm-hmm. do we allow ourselves to begin to embrace the life that we're living instead of constantly thinking about all that we don't have because Mm -hmm. it's stuff we want so badly. And again, when we want it so badly, it makes it, it makes it all that much harder when it's Mm -hmm. not there. Um, But yeah, I think it has to start. It has to start with ourselves and how we make our life more joyful and, mm-hmm. and, and how we can be happier in the little things in each day. And, you know, whether that is finding voices on, on, on the internet, um, Shaney Silver is incredible. Every mm-hmm. single woman should be following her. Um, but uh, voices that are, are talking about th- about being single in ways that aren't just, here's how to find a partner mm-hmm. and just talking about living our lives and letting things happen. Um, and finding voices like that are so important because we don't always have that type of support in our actual life. Our friends don't always understand. Our family doesn't always understand, but knowing that there are resources and there are people out there who are talking your language Mm -hmm. and being able to put ourselves into that community uh, and and hear these voices and and start to realize I'm, I'm, I'm not only just okay, I'm doing, I'm better than okay. Like I have, I have so much to be happy about Mm -hmm. and that can be easier said than done. But when we Probably. do find ways to surround ourselves with, with those types of messages, uh, it helps so much. Mm, it helps so much. And I think this is really about looking at what you have versus what you don't. We tell ourselves a huge story about the things that we don't have, but we're not focusing enough on the things that we do have. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of a, a reframing or perspective shift that's so important, especially when with what you were just sharing about continuing to live your life and find ways to celebrate yourself and enjoy your life in the moment, in the season that you're in now, if you are single or even if you are in a relationship, because it is about how do I continue to live my life and enjoy my life and um, the people in it and the things that I do, despite still recognizing that I may not have all of the things that I run, that I want right now, or all the things that I might expect for myself right now. So it is, it sounds like a lot too, about 
hey, how can we play up this story too about the things that we yes. do have and look at those things and appreciate it because it is so easy to get wrapped up in the story about the negative, about what I don't have, about what I'm expecting, uh, what society thinks of me because I don't have those things. So you're right. It is an act of defiance. It is a bit of an act of rebellion. Yeah, it's it's so important. And and I do also want to recognize that that's hard. You know, that can be mm-hmm. very difficult to reframe our perspectives and to really think about our life as a whole instead of that yeah. one thing that we're telling ourselves. And it's also hard. Like, I, I'm sure a lot of women can relate to this. You know, growing up for me, I saw my parents who were happily married and met when they were like 20. Oh and so gosh. that, you know, that was their life. All of my friends' parents, whether they were still together or divorced, they still had like gotten married and had kids. Like all the adults that I grew up seeing Mm -hmm. were living this one story. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, I went off and started my own story, but at some point started to panic because it didn't look anything like anything that anyone's that I had ever seen. The examples that you grew up with. I mean, I think, you know, my parents are in that generation too. My parents met when they were, 29 maybe and 31 and um yeah so me at almost 31 sometimes I they don't do this on purpose and my mom (laughs) doesn't do this as much as my dad sorry dad if you're listening but I think sometimes (laughs) my parents or our parents or that generation are like what do you mean it's so hard like I went to a charity event and I met your mother you know what I mean Uh so there was a time where my dad would say to me well why don't you go find a charity event to go to. Um, You know, there's a bit of a disconnect between the examples that we saw growing up, uh, even on television versus Uh what the reality I think of uh, life kind of looks like right now. Yeah. For so many. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And that's why I appreciate conversations like this so much. Mm -hmm. That's why I started my podcast that I did because it's, I just want opportunities for women to share their stories and to share what they're actually going through because we haven't necessarily been able to grow up seeing all of these options. And Mm -hmm. so in some ways, a a very dear friend of mine said this to me when I was first talking about the company and launching the company and what I wanted. And she's like, we have to peer mentor each other right now. Mm. We don't necessarily have those perspectives and those ideas of all what, what a different type of life could look like. So we have to share. So it's so important that we do talk about these things and we do talk about the things that, you know, we actually, the ways we have struggled, Mm -hmm. the different paths that we have taken, the, what we may have expected and how it instead ended up going and being honest and open about our actual experiences. And then just somehow there is, there is this power in just hearing somebody's unique story that can help you start to feel a bit more comfortable and accepting Mm -hmm. of your own. Mm -hmm. And knowing, by the way, that those options are okay. Like it doesn't have to fit a quote unquote mold that we've seen. And I think the more that we can be open and share with one another, the more we can normalize that your timeline is your own, your story is your own. It's going to be unique and you can desire the things that you want for yourself and for your life and still uh, develop and nourish who you are in this moment and who you are in this season. And I think sometimes we feel like this is so interesting because I just had this thought going kind of back to toxic positivity. There is an element of toxic self-love that I think is out Mm. there too, where it's this idea that if you don't love yourself, no one else can love you. And I literally think about this 
at least once a week because my self-love journey is forever evolving. There are days where I am like, Sydney, you're killing it. You're a badass. I love you. You're doing amazing. I'll wake up the next morning and I'll go, oh my God, like, what is wrong with you? You just said that stupid thing in that meeting. Like, you know what I mean? We, we yep. are going on highs and lows. That's not going to preclude someone else from loving me. That's not going to preclude my friends from valuing me and our friendship. And I think, God, can we just talk a little bit about this? Because there's this narrative out there. Like, if you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love you. And I'm just like, what do you mean? Ugh. I don't know if it really works like that. No, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is one of the things I hate. Hearing. So we're on the same page. Oh I my God. Great. So, so much on the same page. I've talked about this a lot. I will constantly continue to talk about it because not only do I completely not believe it, mm-hmm. but it is so damaging. And it is such a dangerous message. It tells you, you have to, in some senses, become perfect Mm. in how you understand yourself and all of that. But that's that's a version of perfection. You have to love yourself completely before anyone can love you. Not fair. And I always ask, when people say something like this, I'm like, okay, look, look around at all of the people you know who are in relationships. Now weed out the ones who are in bad relationships. Look at the ones who are in good mm-hmm, relationships. Mm-hmm. Do they know themselves perfectly? Are they at some higher level of like Zen and self-understanding mm-hmm. than you? Do they float off their pillows when they meditate because they have <laughs> such a strong connection <laughs> with themselves? Hell no, they no don't. No way, no, no. And nobody gets to a point like that is a, that again, this is a journey. We are all constantly working on our own self-love and our self-love journey, you know, like you were saying. And so to tell someone that they have to reach a certain point before anyone can love them is so unfair because mm-hmm. you are every single person listening, every single person out there, you are fully capable of being loved right now, right now. Are there Mm -hmm. things you may want to improve about yourselves? Are there things you may want to change and you hope continue to evolve? Of course, but that in no way means that you are now out of the love lottery. Like you are not, (laughs) you're not out of the running. You're not (laughs) out of the running for, for, no, absolutely not. And again, it, it continues to perpetuate this idea that as a single person, you are screwing it up. Mm. You are doing something wrong that has put you here. And so you need to be fixed. You do not need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. You're lovable right now, right now, who you are, as you are on the journey that you're on. Yeah. I think it's, there's this constant strive. We're constantly striving for this element of perfection and perfection is super dangerous because it keeps you from experiencing this life. You think I have to wait until I have this thing to do the next thing. I have to lose X amount of weight to put myself out there in that way. It's striving for this element of perfection that actually keeps you hidden Yeah. rather than allowing you to be out there and experience your life in the way that feels good for you. And I think so many of us uh, experience that. And I think there's an interesting connection too, between this expectations that the expectations we feel and see and experience from society with 
striving for perfection. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was kind of intimating at earlier. And I was like, that's a whole other lane (laughs) to go down because I think this is such an interesting point and maybe not something that we often think about or talk about is that you feel a certain pressure, you're working to get yourself to that marker. It ends up you trying to be perfect. You recognize I'm not, oh shoot, now I can't go do that thing. And it becomes this wheel, this sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy, this circle that you get stuck on. And the next thing you know, you're not loving your life. You're not enjoying your time. uh, You're striving for something that doesn't even exist. And then you're stuck feeling like, well, I'm not even lovable because Mm -hmm. of all the expectations and things I'm hearing. I mean, talk about like throwing yourself on some kind of loop that is just going to drive you nuts. I know. The incredible Brene Brown talks about perfectionism yes. a lot and then mm-hmm. how how so many of us and myself included, I remember hearing her talk about perfectionism a few years back really for the first time and something clicked in me. I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, I've been doing this. We use this idea of, oh, I'm a perfectionist as kind of like a humble brag, you know, like, oh, god, yeah. oh I know it's bad, but I'm a perfectionist. So everything, you know, I, I, that means just I'm really detail oriented and, and like, it's actually a total compliment. Mm-hmm. It's not. Perfectionism keeps us from growth. It yes. keeps us from developing. It keeps us from moving forward when you have this idea of the way it has to be. And then when you say, you know, we're always looking for that next thing, oh, I have to have this before this can happen. And then I have to do this. And then each time we get to that point, there's always something next. There's always more. There's always, always more to feel like you're striving for or always. you've got to fit into. Absolutely. Yeah. Always. And, and just because we do get to one, that next milestone or that next level, um, we tell ourselves before we get there, well, that's all I need. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Once, once, I, once I find my person, once I'm no longer single, well, that's when everything's going to click. That is when my life is going to oh fall into God. place. Oh my God, how many times do we tell ourselves that? How many times all have I told time. myself that? All the time. Oh my God, all yes. Everyone listening is probably being like, yes, me too, Laura. <laughs> yeah. Same, all same. the time, mm-hmm. all the time. And so I got, you know, when I met my husband, I we got married. Two weeks after we got married, my father-in-law was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer. Four weeks after that, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. The first two years of our marriage, while so happy that we were married and we were Mm -hmm, together. We mm -hmm. were going through this together. The first two years of our marriage was centered around losing our dads and everything that went through that. Yeah. In so many ways, the hardest, and also for me, I'd left TV at this time too. So I was trying to figure out who I was in so many ways. The hardest time of my life has been since I met my husband. Mm. And then we decided, you know, we were on this journey of trying to start our own family which led us to IVF, which led us to multiple failed rounds, which led us to thinking, okay, this might never happen, which now led to, I'm, I'm about to give birth. It's any, it could happen anytime now. Hopefully it won't during this podcast, (laughs) but, um, but like this, that was not easy. No, we've, we've been married three and a half years now. And I can honestly say this has been the hardest three and a half years of my life. Mm. So just because I met him did not make life perfect. No, it did not fix everything that was going on because there's nothing that can do that. I'm so happy I have him. Don't get me wrong. And I'm so grateful to be going on this difficult journey Mm -hmm. with him. Mm -hmm. But all those things I told myself, 
I would have my life completely figured out once I just met my person. Mm-hmm. Total BS. Mm-hmm. No, and it's so interesting you share that the most challenging, difficult, um, testing time in your life has been since you got married, which I think is so interesting because we think, yep, snap of the finger, everything's yeah. going to suddenly miraculously fall into this beautiful, you know, puzzle piece. Everything's going to be beautiful. But the truth is, is life ebbs and flows. Yeah. It's rocky. You can't predict anything. Nothing is ever going to be what you expected. But I know you talk about this in your work. Like it's within that actual thing, life actually, it's Mm -hmm. within those moments where that's where the good stuff is, where you're actually in it and you're experiencing your life. And that's where you really get to learn about yourself, whether you have a partner or not. It's in those ebb and flows and highs and lows. And then most difficult challenging, grief-stricken time in your life where you actually learn the most about who you are. Well, that's life. You know, that's That's life. life. There's, you know, these ideas of how we thought it should go. And then there's your life actually. And, you know, you just mentioned, yeah, yeah, that's what I always say. It's the actually that actually, that makes up our lives. Mm -hmm. That's the actually that makes up our stories. It's the actually that's where all the good stuff is uh, and the hard stuff. Yeah. But, but the good stuff comes in so many ways that we never expected, but we fight it because mm. we think it's supposed to be one other way. Mm. I wonder what would happen if we just stopped fighting it and Ugh. just allowed ourselves to ease into what is actually happening in these moments and, and being able, you don't even have to celebrate it, but just allowing yourself to be present with it. Yeah. If we just stopped fighting against what is is so much more could actually unfold in ways that we just would never be able to predict. But I think we're constantly chasing like these arbitrary milestones, Mm -hmm. these things that are quote unquote, we think are supposed to be there or should be there rather than celebrating the moment that we're in right now, highs, highs and lows and all of it. So true. And think Mm -hmm. of all the joy we could find if we just relaxed into it (laughs) and let it happen. (laughs) Mm. As we're sort of wrapping up this conversation, you just brought up joy. And I'm so curious that by the time this airs, um, you will no longer be pregnant because it's going to be like in two months and there's no way that's still going to be the case. Um, But I'm curious, you know, as you you bring this little one into the world, um, what are you most excited about? What does joy look like for you in this season of your life? I think uh, such a beautiful thing to, to think about. So if you're open, would love for you to share yeah. just about joy in this moment and in this season for you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's something I never necessarily thought was going to happen um, mm. from before I met my husband and being single and not knowing if I was ever going to have the family that I expected I would have to then going through our challenges and having it take so much time and so much longer than I ever mm-hmm. expected um, that I am going to be a mom for the first time at the age of 42 mm-hmm. is definitely not the way I drew it up. Um, but I realized something a few months back. I was reading, uh, I, was re- I read a headline. I didn't actually read the whole article, I admit, <laughs> but I, I felt like I got enough from the headline. It was, it was a woman who had, was writing like kind of like a personal essay for one of these outlets. And, and the headline was something like, I had kids in my 20s when I was supposed to. Now I'm in my 40s and I don't know what to do. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, if you had your kids in your 20s, like, like I thought I was supposed to do, they, they're going off to college in your forties there. So here I am, I'm, I just turned 42 thinking about, I have friends whose kids are about to go off to college who are my age. Wow. 
And oh my gosh, if you got married and had, and again, there's nothing wrong with this. This is everybody's journey is different, but I, this struck me so much because for those of us who don't have that journey, Mm -hmm. like people with that journey get validated all the time. So I like to be able to help validate the people who are on a very different journey. So when I look at it as you get married so early, you have kids so early and that's, you know, that's the only life as an adult that you really know. And then they leave like, no wonder people have midlife crises. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get it. It makes sense. And I think then instead about my life and all the things I was able to do and the ways I was able to explore what I wanted and who I was, and then get to this point where now I am 42 and I'm about to start a completely new chapter in my mm-hmm. life. There is no time for a midlife crisis. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is so exciting to be yeah. able to start this next chapter. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel 42. I don't, whatever that even means. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I am, I still think I'm 28 in my head, maybe 30. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I, don't, I it's, I'm so excited mm-hmm. to be able to begin this chapter and to begin it with all of the knowledge I have about myself and all mm-hmm. of the tools that I have over, you know, developed over the years and all the things that I've learned mm-hmm. and to be able to bring a, a, a little girl into this world and get to be her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I just, I appreciate this so much. And again, not that somebody who has children much earlier doesn't appreciate it by any means. We are all on our own journey. I know for me, this is just, it's just the coolest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the, the coolest thing that I get to do this. And I'm doing it with someone who is my I don't like the word soulmate, but as, you know, as close as we get to mm-hmm. that, he is my person mm-hmm. and I could not have found him until I was 35 and a half. That's just the way it went. Yeah. And I cannot imagine being able to do this with anybody else. So there mm-hmm. are so many things that I am grateful for in this crazy, completely unexpected, um, timeline that I have, mm-hmm. that I've put together for myself. So I, I think my, my joy <laughs> there's, there, well, there will be a lot of joy uh, that comes from many things. There'll also be a lot of lack of joy, you know, with lack of sleep and dirty <laughs> diapers. You're in for a whole new ride. You're in for a whole new ride. For the first time in my life, I'm not going to get to sleep eight hours a night. Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there is so much just joy yeah. in the, the little things about being able to begin uh, mm-hmm. this adventure. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. That is so beautiful. And I think, God, there's so much about what you just said that stood out to me, but something I want to highlight as, as we end this conversation is you would, have not, you would not have been able to meet your partner at 35, this particular partner, if you did not experience everything else you did yes. leading up to that moment. And I think if we can leave the audience, the listener with that message, how beautiful. Everything you're doing is preparing you for the next, for the next moment, the next person you meet, the next adventure, the next experience, the next job. And these are life lessons that get to build on each other that allow you to get to know who you are, to tap into a wealth of knowledge that only you can collect for yourself. So 
something I tell myself all the time is, oh, that experience, yeah, challenging. Oh, really beautiful. Oh, I don't know how I feel about it. It's okay. It's just a tool in my toolbox that I get to take with me. It's an understanding of self that I wouldn't have known if I didn't have that particular experience. So how beautiful you would not have been able to have this particular partner in your life and really feel, I mean, I just gather from you this sense of uh, love and value and appreciation and, oh my God, the emotions run the gamut. Uh, If you did not have the experiences you did leading up to that moment. So thank you for sharing that. Just so beautiful. And I think just such a powerful message. Yeah. No, well, I, I had to, just to add quickly, I always would say to my husband, especially when we first met, why couldn't we have met 10 years earlier Mm. when we would have had so much time to just enjoy each other and travel? Like now we have to start thinking about we're in our late thirties. We have to think about kids and and if that's (laughs) going to happen and retirement and are we going to buy a house and all these things. I was like, Oh, it would have just been so much easier. Also, I could have spared myself so many years of being single and he didn't even the first time I said it he didn't even miss a beat and he's continued to say it since then he's like Laura when I was 28 I would not have known how to treat you in the way you deserve to be treated Mm. and I was like "Hmm." when I was 28 I would have had no desire no idea that I should demand that Mm. we needed to go through the things that we went through to find each other in the moment that we did Mm. for it to turn into what we currently have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I want to ask you the question I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um, And that is, it's a little bit of a loaded one, but we'll see. We'll (laughs) see. Uh, The question is, what is your biggest dream? Oh my goodness. You know, that has evolved so much. When Mm -hmm. I was younger, my biggest dream was you know, to be married and to have kids, that was part of it. But also I think it was to be successful. And to me, to be successful meant have the career, have the notoriety since I was in TV, become a household name and make lots of money so that you can live Mm -hmm. in this incredible like life that you can only imagine right now. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what? I want, my biggest dream at this point now is to be incredibly successful. But to me, the idea of what success means has changed. It means to be comfortable, to live a life that I design, that I get to spend time with family, that I can feel fulfilled in what I do. I do not need to be rich. I do not need to be, you know, the next uh, CEO of my own huge company that everybody knows it's me. I I don't, I don't need any of that. I Mm -hmm. just, I just want to spend time with my family and the people that I care about to have the means to be able to do that, uh, to raise a, a, a happy, healthy little girl, uh, and to be present, to be present Mm -hmm. for all of it. So that, you know, that, and to be able to do what I want to do, which is work with women and, 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 and help them through their own challenges and the things that they struggle mm-hmm. with. But this idea that I used to have that people need to know my name, I need mm-hmm. to be famous. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I, and, and money, I, I have to be making this much because that's how I gauge how successful I have been. Um, I just want to be, I want to be present in my life. And I want to be able to, to spend time with the people that I care about. That to me is the ultimate success. Mm, Beautiful. I love it. This has been such a wonderful 
conversation. I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and for everything that you shared. And I think, God, this is just, this is a conversation that so many need to hear myself included. So I'm so grateful for it. So Laura, where can everybody find you, your work, connect your podcast, um, and, and learn more? Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sydney. This has been a great conversation. I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Laura B. Banky. The last name is B-E-H-N-K-E. Uh, my website is laurabanky.com. And uh, my podcast is called The Life Actually Podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I'm not sure exactly when this is when this is going to go live, but uh, we are taking December and January off so I can do some maternity leave. Again, mm. trying to be present mm -hmm. in the moment and what's happening to me. So I'm putting I'm putting a little hiatus on the podcast, but we'll be back in 2022. Perfect. All right, everything's going to go in the show notes, so you can go right under the podcast wherever you're listening right now, or seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes everything will be there um this has just been so wonderful i can't thank you enough and i'm just wishing you the i don't know just health happiness i can't wait for your little girl to come here and for you to just dive into this new chapter in your life and laura this has just been wonderful so thank you again thank you sydney Seek the Joy podcast is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created, produced, and hosted by me, Sydney Weiss. You can tune into all of our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're enjoying the show, hit follow and leave us a five-star rating and review. Make sure to join the community, join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And don't forget, you can actually watch today's new episode and all of our episodes on our brand new YouTube channel. Click that link in the show notes to subscribe and tune in. As always, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you right back here next week for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.